Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Till I can't no more. And then what's the rest? Don't that song make you sing that? Though? That's all you need right there. You just need the melody. Can nobody tell me nothing? Uh-huh. That's all we need. That's all we need. That's all we need. Check this out, y'all. Black Korea. 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 Friday. Everybody, welcome to another episode of Black Korea. I am your new host, FIFO 24-7. I'm here uh, with your guy, Shelton Jones. Your favorite girl, Tiffany. And we have a special guest today. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Hey, you guys. This is Dr. Tiffany Hall, also known as Dr. Lovejoy. <laughs> and the reason why we have Dr. Lovejoy on this show our main topic today is going to be discussing the five love languages. Obviously, you know, we're going to be talking about relationships, um, marriage, sex, Ooh. all the mm-hmm. nitty gritty. Yes. You know? um, feisty. And it, yeah, very feisty. And if you haven't, go ahead and check out our previous episodes. The last one that we just released was interracial dating. And is that accepted in Korean culture? Because we definitely know it's accepted in black culture. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's why I mean. In some no, households. It, it depends on the household. <laughs> it does depend on the and household. not everybody's accepted. Not and all not races every, are and, accepted no, in each no, household. No, no, 100%. 100%. So, if you guys want to hear that conversation, make sure you definitely go back and check it out. And also, we are recording out of Dead End Studios. Make sure you follow Dead End Studios ATL on IG, on Twitter. Um, if you need any type of recording services, photography, uh, if, if, if special event, whatever you have. If you have an idea, we're pretty much open to anything and we will accommodate your needs. So make sure you follow us. Hit us up. Uh, Ken will give you some special rates on on our studio space. Tell him FIFO sent you. He'll give you 10% off, maybe. I got to talk to him. Yep. But uh, <laughs> shout it out first. Yeah, Speaking I know, right? existence. E- exactly. You see him. You see him smirking over there. Yeah, he gave a thumbs up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but man, today uh, we have another jam-packed show. Um, let, let 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 let's get into Game of Thrones before we get into anything heavy, because I know Tiff, our favorite Korean girl. I, you know, I like that intro, by the way. Yeah, and I, I, and I like when you outro it too. I know you feel me. Uh-huh, <laughs> so. uh-huh. But um, we are avid Game of Thrones watchers. Do you watch Game of Thrones as well? I Dr. do not. Oh, man. Yeah. You, you go sit in the not cool kids section. I know. I know. I'm, yeah. No. So is Shelton. She's yeah. going where Shelton's And KP. Going. Yeah. And Andy. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, no. KP no, watches KP it. Watches. KP watches. Yeah, my bad. My it's bad. Andy. He's cool. Yeah, it's just Andy. It's Andy. Happy, hey, by the way, happy birthday, Andy. Happy so, birthday. So, 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 y'all, so y'all can get him a happy birthday. I'm and people, no hey, happy birthday, birthday to people. Thank I was you, man. I appreciate that. I was uh-huh. going to say that. Uh-huh. I promise. Yeah, I should have let you go. I wrote that down. <laughs> uh-huh. So, so Game of Thrones, Tiff. Let's 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 talk. Because, Breakdown. Breakdown. Because look, we don't waited 
what is this, nine years for this episode. Nine years. Was it underwhelming? Was it satisfying? What What was it like for you? See, okay, so I wouldn't count it as nine years because I actually didn't start until the third third season came out. I got you. So I was just like getting into it, and I, I was so involved in every, uh, every single episode. Mm-hmm. And then because... You know, I was very disappointed in the first two episodes of the final season. Mm-hmm. I was just ready for everybody to die to see uh-huh. like this one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but not everybody died, which is a good thing because I have a lot of characters in the Winterfall, Winterfell. Oh, my mm-hmm. God. But, I but, couldn't say the word right. But here's the thing, though, right? Like, we do have a lot of characters, and this is Game of Thrones. I, I don't think everybody's still safe. And you know what? I think Game of Thrones does a really good job of setting you up right like right. for night for eight seasons now they've set up winter is coming the night king and the undefeatable army right? right and obviously the night king took a big chunk out of Daenerys and john's army right like obviously they already lost a dragon they lost a lot of good people they only lost one dragon they lost one they dragon lost last, all the khaleesi's our soldiers the dothraki yeah the dothraki Dorak. they're, they're all, all the way gone. gone yep they're all the way gone however cersei in the south you know cersei actually has a big army the gold golden army right she paid for them. she has all of that and mm-hmm. then she also has a sea the naval people mm-hmm. the um what are they the, um i want to say the the ironborn what the iron fleet and all the, of them the uncle that's leading yeah, the, the great joys great joys great joys there you go mm-hmm. but yeah man so so i think again game of thrones does a, a great job of setting you up and then reversing it and, so, and 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 making you feel like you were so dumb to to kind of believe it. So I'm very interested to see w- how they write what Cersei's going to do because we know Cersei you know, is extremely So let let me ask you mm. a question about Cersei. Is Cersei in episode 1 season 1? Cuz that's what I'm still on right now. I'm trying to <laughs> Cersei trying Cersei to. is the one that was making love with her brother. So she was in episode one, season nah, one. No, I don't know if it was episode one. I, she was in season one. She was the, you know, biatch. I think she was because I watched episode season one, the first 20 minutes. No, it's the first episode times. actually has the tower. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's, that's No, that's the, the couple that's making love. Yeah. And then one that. I don't even think he got that far. He's I'm, just trolling oh, that okay, far. No, He's no, trolling you. He said you watched the same part yeah. 18 times yes. because it was sex. No, it's just no, not the same part. The same, this is doctor. I, I stop at the same part every time. Okay. Yeah, it's bad. Because he can't get past it. I can't and, get past it. And, and here's the I thing, fall asleep. Though. I feel you, Shelter, because I was the same exact way. Like I don't watch this, you know, hocus pocus, magical dragon. You know, I, I, yeah. I'm not that kind of guy. Mm-hmm. You know but it's saying? not like that. Though. But it's not. It, you you know why? Because it's 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 about the story and it's about how these writers literally off anybody you think is important and right. i and, I, and i've never watched a show like that so and, 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 and here's the thing i know you're still stuck on season one episode one yeah right i get that however if you can make it to about episode three or four you'll see what we're talking yeah. about because he said it, three yeah because because mm-hmm. it happens relatively quick but it does start off a little slow and i and again that's the okie doke you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying but it is what it is man you know you can stay. i mean you gotta understand this whole final season mm-hmm. um uh, the first two episodes was just you know just building up the whole story for mm-hmm. the third right. episode to come out which 
I don't want to tell you anything if you're actually going to watch it. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to start again. It actually took two episodes <laughs> after almost two years of people waiting mm-hmm. on this season to come out for them to actually say, hey, here you go. Here's all the information that you want. Mm. And then uh, the meaning of Winterfall actually makes sense. So I should watch it in reverse. No, no, don't no, do that, don't do that. no, because okay. because you uh-huh. because here's the th- you you won't understand everything that's happening. Like it, there's it's so very many detailed. things that are happening. Because I put it to you like this: like I came in later, like I want to say around maybe season four or five, and mm-hmm. then I binged all of that, and then you know I, I've been on point ever since. But there's so many little things that happen that you don't even remember mm-hmm. because whenever season eight is done, I'm going to go back and binge the right. entire whole thing. But I know kind of sort of why we're here. You yeah. know what I'm saying? But you have to watch it. I'm going yeah. like like to try to do it. I'm going to have to because too many people watching it for yeah. me yeah. not to know anything. So, so right. wait, wait, wait. Hold on. So, so, so to the so, episode, so right? Spoilers. We like, like we got we got to preface the audience. Look, there are spoilers. Like me, me and Tiff just started going in, but there are spoilers. How did how did you feel? Look, look first of all, and I, I, I don't know listen people, to it. Fast forward it for like five minutes. You'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> but Aria. Oh, that's, that's my that, girl. Bruh. That's my girl. She's the most gangsterest person on that show. Have you seen the meme that's out on the internet right now yes. with Messi's shirt, but it's Arya's yes. face? Oh, I, I've seen all of Messi them. Said even it. The, even Dame Lillard, bro. They mm-hmm. using Dame Lillard. Uh, that shot he hit against OKC. They're putting Arya's face on on there. Oh, okay. Bro. Yeah. yeah. Arya. Arya. Yep. Yeah. I don't watch it either. I'm so clueless. I saw that too. Yeah. So out of the conversation. I know. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Um, but yeah, Drake gave her a shout out. I saw he on Billboard Word. Yes. So we gotta because watch she's it. that great. You have to. I mean, she's so that great. A regular person that doesn't like no. dragons and yes, it, it you're gonna like it. Look, look, were we just not talking about Friday? I like Friday paid in full. <laughs> like, give me all these hood and so that's Yeah. Not at all. But but I'm just saying, if a person with my taste right. in movies and music and all of that can get into this, anybody can. No, that's true. any. Everybody loves it, no matter where you're coming from. Like I, I, even yeah, the whole, I know, I know some like Europeans dudes. are loving it, Asians are loving it. Yeah. Like you yeah. can go anywhere. And it's universal. It. it really I, is. Yeah. I was literally in Panama this past weekend, and I was watching Game of Thrones with my Panamanian friends in their household. Yeah, we were all hyped about it last year. When uh, or not last year, about two, almost three. Damn, boy, time before I'm old as hell. <laughs> but <laughs> the last time I was in Toronto, uh-huh. uh, Power was on, and also Game of Thrones. Every it didn't matter how how ah it didn't matter how hard I partied that night. Mm-hmm. We were watching Power and Game. Of oh Thrones. heck yeah! It, 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 yeah. So to. right now it's all about Game of Thrones, Avengers, Endgame. Yes, and Old Town Road. Yes, it is. <laughs> it really <laughs> is. That's where we at. That's Old Town Road. It is. It is. And look at how diverse that is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. None yeah. of it goes together. Did any one of you guys watch Endgame? Yes. 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 No? no, I did. Like, wait, wait, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. No, no, wait, 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 wait. wait. I know. You are. Wait, what, what, what age children do you teach? Oh my goodness, I teach fifth grade. And you are not up on these things. Okay, so Tiffany already has children. That's why I. She has children. No, here's the thing. Because before we were like shooting and recording, she was telling me that you know you guys were talking about like Fridays and we were talking about Napoleon Dynamite. I was like, I don't get that. I sorry. hate all of them. Mm-hmm. My favorite movie. I'm by sorry, way. y'all, but I really don't get it. Right. I don't. Mm-hmm. That's not my type of, you know, joke. Mm-hmm. So I don't get it. And I hated it. Every single one of them. But 
she's like over here just judging me the whole time. She's like, oh, you, you have to watch this. You have to watch that. Right. Like, I can't believe you didn't like this and that. Right. And this is like, you know, the historical thing, like blah, blah, blah. And then we start talking about Game of Thrones. And we started talking about, you know, Old Town Row song. Mm-hmm. And she's like, what nope. is that? Crickets. <laughs> uh-uh, nope. Yeah. Crickets. Yeah. Not at all. Yeah. She took my whole teacher card away. Like, you can't even be a teacher or a therapist anymore. Uh-huh. You can't relate I to had, the kids. I you can't had, relate. Just so I wouldn't, yeah. uh, those spoilers wouldn't kill mm-hmm. me. I wouldn't see it. I, I wouldn't see it, like, really late one. I went, like, at 10 o'clock, and I had to wake up the next day. So I went to go mm-hmm. see um, Endgame that late. Knowing it's three hours it's long. three hours. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I had just eaten. So I, I was like, I'm good. I don't need no popcorn. But I got a drink. And I was like, dang, when I sat down, it was people next to me. And they had this big old thing of popcorn. I was like, mm-hmm. dang, I want some of that popcorn. But I'm not getting up. Then I had to go to the bathroom. I was like, man, I should have went to the bathroom. Yeah, people, were, yeah, you tripping. people were yeah. literally saying that they weren't yeah. going to drink so that they would not have to get up and go to the yeah, bathroom. No. It was cold, but I didn't have a job. I'm not getting up. The thing is, there were some people who had to, like, you know, there are different um, regal cinemas. Mm. So uh, some people actually got the seat assigned to it, and some people were standing in line to get the right seat or whatever. So uh, the people who were standing in the line were literally going to the bathroom like two, three times before they were getting in the line you have to, to make sure they keep the seat and they get to actually stand in the That's front right. line. That's right. It is worth it. I, I, I'll say that movie was definitely worth it. Awesome movie. I like the last two were just great. Yeah, because like it, it came out literally on my birthday, and um, one of my homies he bought three tickets, and he was like, "Hey Ralph, I got an extra one. You know what I'm saying? Do you want to come?" And I told the wife, I was like, "Hey babe, uh, do you mind if I watch it early?" And she gave me the look, but I said, "I'm gonna go. It's my birthday. I don't care what you. I'm, I'm, hey, you ain't gonna stop me." It was courtesy. It was courtesy. Exactly. That, that, that's 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 all that was. But um, oh but I went to go watch it that Thursday night around six o'clock. So obviously it was done around nine ish. And then um the next day I went to go see it with my wife. Um on my birthday she bought tickets for seeing the bistro. So let me tell you. So so some of this Friday conjecture that you don't understand, <laughs> like, have you guys ever been at Cine Bistro, especially the one at Brookhaven? I haven't been. Best Philly in town. Every really? time we oh, go, wow. that, that's the only thing. I, me and the wife, that's the only thing we order. It's a ribeye steak Philly. Oh my! Trust me, you okay. will love it. Just go there mm-hmm. just for that, right? But anyway, get there. We order our food. Uh, we eat. You know, obviously, I had a birthday grown man drink. And um, let me tell you, when when we left that movie theater, and I hit traffic, I was nodding off in traffic. <laughs> oh and by the time I got, it's a long home, movie. It's really long. Movie. It, it wasn't even that. It was the itis. From the yeah. from the from the state. Yes. <laughs> oh my god! But it was a great movie. So yeah. I back to back. So I, I got to make sure I didn't miss anything. Right. Yeah. So you got to see yeah, yeah everything so, the second time. Exactly. Mm. And then I got the food. Ooh boy, ain't nothing better than some itis. I'm telling you. I yeah. Good food. Mm-hmm. You made me want to get so some funny. now. Yeah. I don't even want to watch a movie. Itis in the Korean community is it called itis? Food coma. Itis. Uh, food coma. Mm. I don't know. Hmm. I always wondered that. Shik- Meaning, shik is like food, right? Eating. Kon is like tiredness. And then chung is um, symptom. So, Korean is kind of funny, you know, like when uh, they say certain words, it could be just very basic and no meaning attached. You have to put the words together to make a meaning out of it. Or there's like a little um, Chinese meaning behind each letter. So, you know, by saying shikonjeng, it's like Chinese meanings of each word is, you know, what I just explained. Mm. Mm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, Korean, Different. boy. 
just work with them for like a day and see, boy, that <laughs> culture is way different. But, you know, mm. I digress. I have to tell you a funny story. So, yeah. like I said earlier, I went to Panama this weekend and uh, I went to church to be a good girl, even though mm. I was on vacation. And then this little boy was, I didn't even know what time the church service starts because in Panama, you know, just like all the other Catholic in, in um, that country, their service starts around like eight, nine o'clock or something. So my friend told me, mm-hmm. mm. so my friend told me to go early. And uh, I go in, and there's this little boy just, like, laying around on the table. And uh, I look at him. He looks at me. I have no idea what language to speak to him in. So I don't even say anything. And nobody's there. So <laughs> I turn around, just, like, looking for everybody. And there's a little girl that walks up to me. She's, like, just looking. So I, I was like, hey, do you know what time church starts? And she just looks at me and goes, okay. I'm like, uh, I don't speak that. <laughs> um, well, do you speak Korean? She's like, gay? What? 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 <laughs> In Korean. So I was like, oh, okay. So she speaks Korean. And I was like, oh, you know, what's in the church starts, blah, blah, blah. Oh, wow. And I was so amused during the whole service. Everything on the screen was either in Korean or Spanish. You couldn't even find English on there. Oh, wow. wow. I know. I was like, I, I can actually live here. So mm. whose kids were they? Church kids, man. Church kids. Church kids. The random, the good version of Bebe's kids. Random church kids. We just go hang out at church before church starts. (laughs) No, there were like adults upstairs, you know, doing the whole Bible study and stuff before, Mm. you know, service starts. But, you know, the kids were just doing their own thing, Mm. like hanging out before the service starts. And I thought it was hilarious (laughs) that I couldn't even understand That would have been the funny part of me, like, these church kids, where they come from? (laughs) I think it's cool you went to church on vacation. I I know. That's good. Pretty good girl. That's a yes. <laughs> yes. Good girl. Good girl. You, you better than me. I watch I don't it on, even go I watch to church it on my at home. home. Do you really? Yep. Sometimes. I, I do. I, I think you're lying. Mm. Yeah, okay. just the face you just made. It's okay. <laughs> I do. You had a big pause. <laughs> yeah. I have to watch it on my phone. I do. Okay. But, but moving on with our topics, um, the first topic that we are definitely going to cover. I mean, it just recently happened. Isn't that right, Shelton? When when uh John Singleton? When did he pass? Yes. Uh, John Singleton passed away the other day. Um, yesterday. What was the was other day? Yesterday? Because yeah. the people don't know. I'm sorry, y'all. Uh, it, well, give them the was, date. What was the actual yesterday. date? The 30th? April 30th, oh, 2019. Yeah. Oh, so wow. is, isn't it crazy? Mm-hmm. We we started off the month losing Nipsey, and yes. then we end the month it. with John, John Singleton. Singleton. That's crazy. And, and it's, it's crazy because those are some heavy hitters. It's not. Mm-hmm. These are not regular people that we're losing we're losing some and he was 51 years old mm-hmm. he had a stroke on april 17th and and they were first reporting it like it was a minor stroke but it was much more serious and um the big thing about him dying well first off was his impact it was amazing uh this dude i don't know who i would be without him because boys in the hood is something that i watch like every when i say every day i can recite it line for line we watch poetic justice every other day so, you know, these other, Too Fast, Too Fear, I mean, all these movies he Hustle has, and Flow. Hustle and Flow. Because just um, think about how many awards he won just off of that. Right. You know, just, 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 he was just an amazing man. Baby boy. Baby, Baby boy. boy. Just, yes. just, just hood class, just amazing movies. These were just, and I can't even call them hood classics because. Nah, they're, they're iconic. They're yeah. iconic movies. Mm-hmm. These are, he did it at a time too when um, blacks, they, they were saying blacks couldn't do it. And he did it in his own way. Mm-hmm. So um, he, uh, very much so like um, 
New York Knicks. Who, um, uh, you know, I'm bad. I'm bad. I'm Spike horrible. Lee. Spike Lee. Spike Lee. Yeah, yeah j- uh, very much so like Spike Lee. I would say a little bit different. Mm-hmm. I don't think he, his storytelling wasn't as abstract. abstract as Spike. And mm-hmm. also he didn't push the creative. Uh, and it just sounds wrong, but I, I don't know how else to say it. He didn't push the same type of creative boundaries as Spike Lee did mm-hmm. at the time. However, John Singleton, um, his impact, like you said, it, it was so big because he told so many stories from mm-hmm. our minority perspectives, from, from people that are in black and also Hispanic um, viewpoints. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. And, and and he did it true to self. True yes. to self. It was very authentic. Very much so. Baby Boy was extremely authentic. And I think we can call that one a hood classic. I yeah. think that one can, can be a hood classic. Did you know that um, Tupac was supposed, that movie yes. was written for Tupac? Really? Yeah. I didn't know I that didn't until know today. That. I saw that today yeah. on Breakfast Club. Wow, you didn't know that till today? No, I didn't yeah, know I knew that. Because, because when they were actually promoing um, that movie when it came out way back in the early 2000s, uh, Tyrese was saying that. And that's the mm-hmm. reason why they had the mural. And if you notice, like a lot of odes to Tupac, played mm-hmm. his music and stuff like that in the movie. So, yeah. He was homies. he was supposed to be Baby Boy. Mm-hmm. So it's, that, that was crazy. And, and you know what? Like, like, let's talk about that a little bit. Because I feel that that movie, you know, at first, when I first watched it, at least when it first came on, I felt like it was a, a little bit of a joke. Like, like it wasn't very serious. Mm-hmm. But then, obviously, as the topics in that movie started to play out, I was like, man, I could definitely relate. You know, I right. think, you know, I, I've had a stepfather for a big part of my life, mm-hmm. you know, and we've had that jockeying for, you know, control of the household. This is my mama. This is my mm-hmm. woman. Right, right. You know what I'm like, like, mm-hmm. like I, I, I so relate to that. But I, I've, and Tyrese, I think, did an, a, an excellent job. He did. He, he was amazing. But mm-hmm. I think that Tupac would have took that role to a whole nother level. You're right. You're right. And at, at the space he was in, the way he was, that dude, acting-wise, was crazy. And John Singleton kind of pushed that along with Poetic Justice, which mm-hmm. originally was Ice Cube's movie. Come to find out that, too. I, I, I didn't know that. I heard him say that, too, mm-hmm. where that movie was written for Ice Cube to play that part. But he was like, nah, I can't do that at this time in my career. So Pac came in and took it to just out otherworldly levels. Yeah. I couldn't imagine so, Ice Cube in that. And I need to I correct, either. it was April 29th, so he passed 29th. away two days ago. Oh, April okay. 29th, not wow. the 30th. I can't imagine Ice Cube doing I, that. I can't, well, I... I don't. I wonder if you can't imagine it because of how well, well Pac exactly. Did. I think that's what you know. It what I'm saying he made that role. That role didn't make him. So in saying that, that's why it was so good. It was like he killed it. Yeah, he did. He just killed. And 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 Cube didn't want to play it because it was a romance uh, mm-hmm. part. And he was like, Nah, not right now. In my career, I can't do romance. But when, like I said, when Pac came in, it was, mm-hmm. it was, it was everything. He just killed it. I think I think Pac was one of those people that um, he was on his way of transcending music, and mm-hmm. and, I, and I think he did. Ultimately, he did, even while he was still living. But I just think that as an actor, I, I think that his acting career would have been bigger than his music career. It would have crazy to say it because is. you're talking about he was literally him and Biggie were the two biggest artists. Mm-hmm. You know, outside of the Michael Jacksons and the Princes of the World at the time. Right. But if we're talking about urban music, like they, they, they were rulers of the world. Right. You know, so mm-hmm. to say that somebody in that high um, or held in that high of regard and that esteem to say that, you know, his acting career would have been even better. Because think about um, what was the basketball movie? Um, Above, Above the, the Rim. Above the Rim. Love yeah. that movie. Yes. And then Juice. Juice. You know, like, like, Pop, Pop started one of my to favorite really movies. get that yeah. actor uh, credentials down. Man, I, 
Man, it, it, it's so sad to, to really think about it, but I think he was an amazing actor. Yeah, and what he, really just hit me is that all of these people that we're talking about, with the exception of Ice Cube, have now passed away. Yeah. That's, that's that's crazy, sad. isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, super sad. Yeah, and it's, it's like, and, and John Singleton, and speaking of that, his family is encouraging all black men to go get um, their blood pressure checked. And, and Yes, um, please. Please. I this, mean, this, please. Su- this subject touches close to home for me because I have hypertension as well. Like, And I don't do everything I'm supposed to do. You, I don't. You literally can go into Publix mm-hmm. and put your arm in the in little the machine. machine. <laughs> and my doctor, he, he don't play no games. He's, he's you know, I got, a, I got a black doctor that's, you know, he's more like a father figure even. Mm-hmm. And he, he's on me hard, which I appreciate because without him, I probably would do less than what I do. But my family is on me now. And I was like, you know, I thought about it watching this. I'm like, man, look, I'm going to quit playing with this thing. I'm, I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do because that's scary to think that you can you, you know, you're walking around fine, and then one day later, you're not here. Yeah, they call it the silent killer. It's the silent killer. Mm-hmm. And and John Singleton, it says he was on vacation in Costa Rica. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, you were literally just on vacation, and then you check yourself into the hospital. And right. now He said his leg was hurting or yep. something. Yep, and now you're gone. So, mm-hmm. Yes, black men, please, please. Well, men everywhere. Men, men in general, men, yes. but, but black men especially please. because it's, it's, it's common among it us. It is very common. So, you guys, please go get yourselves mm-hmm. checked out. You literally can go into a local um, grocery store and and get a check just get your blood pressure checked yeah, it takes about five you. minutes and and it could be it could make the difference in saving your life or not and yes, so uh, it, it's so you know it's, it's an easy fix but you know we, we just got to do, better. And, do and, better and I say we because it's me too because I got a reason you know we have reasons to we live have reasons to be here we so, need y'all here so yeah. come on get it together right yeah. so I'm encouraging everybody to join me and let's all take care of this problem. Yeah, 100%. Um, you know, my, my wife, uh, we've been we've been together for a minute now. Um, it's going on 10 years, but this July will be one year of marriage. And um, I could definitely tell you, ever since we've been together, she's been on my yes. ass yes. Mm-hmm. about getting checked out and this, that, and the third. And I always brush it off, but this was the first time I got checked out in, like, the last five, six years. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Because I... To get with her, she she had all of these stipulations. So yeah. I'm like, all right, let me check all these boxes. Right. But then after I got past that initial, like, I was like, <laughs> okay, okay, whatever. Uh, kind of you know what I'm saying? You, you yeah. really want me to pull out my soapbox here? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so it's so funny that you said that because I think about all of the women, the men who are not in a relationship, and I mm-hmm. wonder like, how often do you go to the doctor? How not often? Because when I was married, I was the keeper of appointments. Mm-hmm. I was. The, it's time to go to the dentist. Let me mm-hmm. call and make your appointment. This right. is when you're supposed to go. Like that's what I did. Mm-hmm. And so I wonder. Single men, who I mean, do they go to the doctor? Do they nope. check they got their on moms? Those no, they, they, don't. Don't. And, they got and, their moms. <laughs> <laughs> right, sure. I, I I remember Bruce Bruce, the comedian, was telling that joke. He was like a black man away to um, the Grim Reaper sitting at the edge of his bed mm-hmm. and be like, "Well, I might as well go to the doctor today." <laughs> so I, was like, I was like, "That's for sure. That's me." Yes, so, and we're laughing, yeah. but it's not funny. It's not funny. I it's need not. you guys to do better. So shout out to your wife for making sure you stay on top yeah. of it, ladies. Please make sure your men stay on top of it, fellas. If you are so single, Dr. Love why do you think do that it? is? I, you know, because because I think is is slightly conditioned in our society that mm-hmm. men are just tough and you know like, to fight through stuff and yeah and like i grew up in a single mother household and you know she she definitely made it a point to toughen us up and not to baby us so as you grow up you just kind of 
not saying that I think going to the doctor is baby, but it's just like, oh, I, I, I ain't bleeding, I'm good. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? It, I ain't cut, but, I'm good. Right. You feel like if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Exactly. Like in your brain. So your mm-hmm. brain is like, I feel fine. And then, and you guys what? think that you're invincible. You do. And then you there's the, the lack of trust. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we won't even start talking about all of the <laughs> experiments and all, right. all the things that have been done. Well, we're going to um, go so there a little there's, bit. There's yeah. a lot of, there's a lack of trust. But I, I almost died two years ago from that. And it's, it's serious, like I said, and... I was doing great after that episode, but I kind of fell back off. And, right. you know, you get a little money sometimes. You start eating what you want to eat and doing what mm-hmm. you want to do. Right. So I got to live like I'm poor all the time, no matter what. And get you some carrots. Yeah. Just just fruit in general and vegetables, yeah. stuff that I don't like. Mm-hmm. And that's what I hate because everything that's good for you. It don't taste that don't good. don't taste like nothing. Like, nah. I just had a smoothie the other day. It was the worst. It was delicious. Oh, my oh. God. You got to tell oh. yourself. It was it delicious. Depends. It depends <laughs> on what you put on the smoothie, too. Yeah, it does. It does. That by shake thing that, that I used to have was, was it's good. It's good. See? But that, that other thing was, that other stuff, was, some of that stuff. Is so, Dr. Lovejoy, I have, I have a question for you. Yes, mm-hmm. Um when it comes to like gender roles, mm-hmm. um, do you think that, you know, making the, the appointments and being like the appointment setter for the family, that should be something that is primarily the wife or woman thing? Um, or should that be a shared responsibility? Obviously, I know every household works a little bit mm-hmm. different, but just kind of in your professional uh, opinion, what do you feel like what works best? Um, well, like you said, I mean, it is case by case. Um, you know, whatever works for that specific union. But I personally am a little bit more traditional Mm -hmm. um, in how I feel a a household operates smoothly. Um, And I got to be careful in how I say things. But but to me, like I enjoyed doing that. I think that as women, we are nurturers by nature, most of us. Mm -hmm. And so we want to make sure the children are taken care of and then we want to make sure you know our significant others taken care of and it it just comes naturally you're making all of these appointments for the children let me go ahead and do yours as well so I think it just comes naturally for for most women I I guess I can go ahead and say most women um but then again there are some women are like no I don't want to do that. You know, you, (laughs) you keep up, you know, you keep up with your own stuff. You go to your doctor, you, you do all of that. But for me, it came very naturally. Like I was, I'm super organized. So I have like a health folder and then I have Mm -hmm. like a, a dental folder. So Mm. it's like, I keep everything when the results come in the mail, I put them, you know, everybody has their folder. You have four children. So everybody has a folder, your results go into your folder. So then I know what happened at your last appointment. Like I do all of that. So if if you gave somebody, um, some advice, right. Where, the man is like, well, you should need, you need to be handling all of that. And the woman's like, no, you need to handle your own. Like what would, what type of advice would you give that type of couple? Um, so the, one of the words that I like to use a lot, um, in therapy is being intentional. Okay. We all have to be intentional about how we love each other, how we take care of each other. And what that means is that whatever it is that your spouse needs, your significant other needs, that is what you do. That is what you provide. Your goal every morning should be, how can I make your life easier? And if making an appointment for you would make your life easier, then that's what I want to do. That's mm-hmm. what I'm talking about. I, I like yeah. that. Yeah. I like that. What's your hourly rate? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, let me tell you, I'm glad right. you asked that because it's so funny because people spend, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars on weddings, but people do not want to invest in 
marriage therapy. Marriage. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. That's deep. And I never I think, thought about I, that. Yes, absolutely. And I think that couples, um, with my couples, a lot of times they wait until they're in crisis to call. Um, and then I have to do the work to help get them out of crisis. But even after they're out of crisis, I do what I call maintenance. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I believe all of us need maintenance within our relationships. Um, so so therapy is needed whether you're in crisis or not. Oh, so you absolutely. need therapy when you're married. You just need therapy. I, anyway. I also feel and like I'm married too. Yeah. If mm. you're actually having the good conversation with a significant other, you're less likely to have issues. Yeah, right? yeah, but you know what? So here's my thing on therapy. My tagline um, is therapy is just a conversation. Mm-hmm. That's right. it. It is just a conversation. And a lot of times, especially when you get into crisis mode, you need a mediator. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you just need a third person in the room to say, okay, you Who's talk and you be quiet. Mm-hmm. You listen and be quiet. Okay, say this like this this time so that your per- your spouse or significant other can hear what you're actually saying because we're not taught how to communicate you know we we grow up speaking the way that our family speaks and a lot mm-hmm. of times it's it's not effective it's, it's not very emotional correct. you know we're very emotional and you have to learn to take the emotion out mm-hmm. and, and speak facts mm-hmm. yeah no I, I 100% agree sometimes me and my wife and I think every couple kind of just they have their own little tiffs and riffs and all of that type of stuff but for me sometimes it's a cultural thing i'm cuban and we speak very loudly we speak with our hands we speak very forcefully even though Mm -hmm. we may not mean anything bad or negative but sometimes stop talking to me like that i'm like i'm not saying nothing you know so and you're yelling as you're saying it and your hands are shaking shaking. (laughs) but you know but 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 i definitely shaking right Right. A little bit. A little bit. Sometimes. <laughs> in my head. <laughs> oh, it better only be in your head. That's all right. No, 1,000%. Don't 1, watch 000%. it. No, nah, she goes. Look, I always encourage my wife to watch and listen to everything that I do. Um, but I'll put it to you like this. I, I had a moment in time that made me realize that my mama taught me right, and I will never put my hands on, on a woman. Um, I was back in high school. Uh, me and my family, we were going. I was living in Miami. We went to Aventura Mall. We were going to go watch a movie together. But plans, you know, didn't go according to plan. And I'm like, hey, there's a girl that I like that hit me up, and she said she's at the mall. My mom was like, no, we're going to watch a movie as a family. And da 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 I'm like, no, I'm a teenager. And <laughs> You told your mama no? Yeah. But oh, I, wow. I was, yeah, I was like. That must be a 15, Cuban 16. Thing. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. You don't say no. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on now. Wait, wait, hold on now. No, no, I, I got, I got hey, stories for days about my mom. Hey, you see this name right here? That's my mama name, okay? Like, like, she's my strength. So, look. But anyway, in this scenario, I'm like, nah, like, let me just go chill with the girl. Like, let me, you know what I'm saying? I'm Rico Suave. Let me do my thing. <laughs> and uh, we was going back and forth. Well, she was going, and I was, you know, just standing there. And I don't I don't know what made her compelled her to do it, but she smacked the crap out of me. And I'm talking <laughs> about, and you know I'm hella light skin. I'm like one shade darker than <laughs> Tiffany. Right. And um, I had a red hand mark all mm. over my face. Oh wow. And it didn't matter if I, how much cold water I put on it, how much hot water it was there. You want to see I, the girl now? <laughs> you know what? I thought about it, but I walked around and I was like, I'm not watching that movie just out of pride. You know what I'm saying? But my mom, she, you know, after the movie and everything, she apologized and everything. But later on, I realized in that moment that I had extreme self-control because the rage I felt inside of my body, I've never felt it before. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. when I looked at that woman's face, I'm like, damn, you gave me life. Mm -hmm. Let me about face and go this way and let me not cry in front of you. Mm -hmm. So that taught me a lot. Yeah. Well, see, my, I don't think my mom has ever apologized to me for, <laughs> <laughs> like I said, 
she killed me a couple times even. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, it must be Cuban. Because, like I said, I know my mom killed me at least twice in high school. Nah, I mean, I killed me. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, she hit me all the time, but she but killed me. But that's all right. You're sitting here, so you came yeah. back. Yeah, she came brought back. you back. She did. Yeah. She, she brought did. you back. Yeah. So she didn't apologize. <laughs> she didn't have to. She brought you back. She gave okay. you life. She can right. take it. Yeah, she damn sure can. She damn sure can. But yep. since we're talking about um, mothers and kind of their first, were you the firstborn, Shelton? Yes. I, I am too. Mm-hmm. I'm, the, I'm, I'm the junior. I'm the oldest of three boys. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, as we talking about mothers, relationships, communications, and things of that nature, um, in the Black Korea um, Instagram account, I have forwarded, um, like, I, I direct messaged something in there. I wanted you guys to see it. So if you guys haven't seen it, mm-hmm. it's cool. Um, but there is this one brother that I follow, and he goes by his IG name, Riza Islam. Mm-hmm. Riza Islam, I'm not sure if you guys are familiar, but he's very pro-black brother. Um, obviously, uh, Islam in in terms of his uh, religion and his affiliation. And <clears throat> he was just on Sway in the Morning the other morning. And he was talking about um, the MMR vaccine mm-hmm. and um, how it causes autism. And then World Star started calling him out, saying that he's a conspiracy theorist, this, that, that, and the third. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I'm speaking facts. So if you guys have not seen it, make sure you go on Instagram. Go check out the brother, Riza Islam. I'm not going to spell it out for you. Google it. You can find it. Um, However, he was definitely spitting facts. And and Caucasian babies, right, um, if you get the vaccination on time, it doesn't cause autism. Mm -hmm. However, the CDC was hiding all of this information and everything. And if black babies got this... um, this vaccination on time, they were 246% more, more, likely. more likely to have autism. Mm-hmm. All the way, I, I'll give you guys some, some numbers that I remember off the top of my head. I can't remember names, but I remember numbers. Um, back in 19, I want to say it was, either, it was 1986 when they started this vaccine, autism in, in the black culture was like 1 in 15, 1 in 18,000. Mm-hmm. And I want to say in 2017, it was 1 in 63. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. I've taught, I've had several students, um, and I, I absolutely love um, teaching children with autism, but it has definitely increased, and it is a very high percentage as um, boys. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the reason why I wanted to bring that up, um, I know that we talked about uh, Asian privilege, and, you know, we talk about a lot of cultural things here, and sometimes I don't feel like, and this is a personal thing, be, being a fan of the show and I also mm-hmm. edit the show, so I hear every single thing that everybody says. Sometimes I feel that we don't connect the dots, mm-hmm. right, in, in terms of how we are targeted as minorities here in this country. And that's one of those ways right. where, you know, you're literally controlling the population, right? You're, you're controlling the population of strong, young black men, you know, and now we have a disease, you know, so what do we do to kind of overturn that? Because that is definitely impacting us. That's mm-hmm. impacting us reproducing, right, with with ourselves. That's that's impacting learning. That's that that's impacting that's impacting the fabric of what America is. What's the percentage in uh, white or Asian or Latinos? Uh, I would actually have to look that up. Mm-hmm. Is and it higher in uh, African American? It was higher in African American yes. yes. it, compared it, yeah. to others. Yes, yes it was two hundred and forty-six percent because more of likely. that vaccine. Yes, yeah. more likely. So it was and it, and it doesn't impact any other race the way it does blacks. Why is that? Do they figure mm. that out? 
Mm. Mm-hmm. Th- just... th- think about it, Tiff. I, I, th- I think I think the answer is right in front of your face, mm-hmm. but sometimes we don't want to actually accept it. It's, it's the privilege thing. Sounds... The same thing. It's I'm not s- by accident. But yeah. but how? I mean, there can and who be can like... sit and mastermind? Like, does it say oh, right. we're going to give this specific dose to the little black baby boys, and then we're going to give this dose right. to the little white baby boys? Like. Like baby's a baby. Like yeah. if you go see a doctor, doctor is not going to be like, oh, so, let, so me, let me ask you let this. me give a different dosage for a white baby so, versus so, a black baby versus so, Asian so, baby. So uh, one thing that that when I was watching all of these um, series of like little doc because obviously it was on IG, so you only have sixty second posts. Um, but the people at the CDC, obviously, they knew all of the research since the nineteen eighties, right? And they know one, one, one phrase that kept sticking out to me is on time. They kept saying, if you take the vaccine on time. So I, I don't know why that made me feel a certain type of way. However, they said that if you give black kids this vaccine after the age of three, they're not as exposed. So is it like the parents more like it's not a are, are the white parents or asian parents taking the babies earlier on the stage for the vaccine no 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 so 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 in america it is mandated by the government for you to take your child to get vaccine at specific times in in their life that's correct right Right. so what i'm saying is is that everybody is going at the same time however male boys black male boys are 246 uh, percent more likely to get autism from this shot Versus any other kid. That you're mandated to get. That you're mandated to get. However, if they waited a year or two, then that percentage drops tremendously. So then there should be, <clears throat> excuse me, there should be a delay. Is that what you're saying? Well, I think that's the easy fix. And I'm mm-hmm. not a doctor. I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm not right. saying that I have all the answers. How well, did this guy actually get all this information? You could Google it. Mm-hmm. He, he, he actually gave references. It's on the CDC website. Mm-hmm. I just, I think I. You know, I'm not a big conspiracy person at all. Um, but I just, I mean, you know, there's a measles outbreak right now. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And so if we don't get the immunizations, then what? I, you know what? I feel like it's a double-edged sword. Okay. Mainly because the CDC has been putting mercury um, in our vaccinations. Obviously, that's that's highly poisonous. Um, yeah, th- but it's enough of dosages needed for specific vaccines. It, just because it's a mercury doesn't mean it's going to affect you in a bad way all the time. Depend, see- depending on what the issue is and what the problem is, they're going to put specific things on there. Like, for example, every flu season, you're mm-hmm. getting a shot for it, but it is like a most commonly known flu that people usually get. That's why they give you a shot, a little dosage, mm. so that you can immune to it, and then you don't get the flu and die. So if that's the case, a little mercury, a little whatever they right. need to so, so, so you, I do, let me say this though. I just don't think it's an accident that we went from one in eighteen thousand to one in sixty-three. That's not an accident. That's it's not, not an accident. But it's not there just is a like cause. Yeah. One thing led to another. There but has I, so, to so be wait, different wait, hold on, things. Hold on. So so that's so true. so so. Let's put the facts out there because this is a lot of opinion and a lot of conjecture going back and mm-hmm. forth. So this is the actual post that I sent to Black Korea. So we're going to play it on the mic so everybody can hear it. And listen, when I say there's a list, put it this way. Uh, there was something called the National Childhood Vaccine Injury Act in 1986. Okay. Okay, this is where vaccine manufacturers pretty much now were held with no liability. They were free to put whatever they want in vaccinations because Congress 
told them, okay, we know you guys are getting lots of lawsuits. And so they threatened Congress and said, listen, if you don't prevent us from being sued, we're going to shut it all down. We're not making them a vaccination. So that basically is threatening national security because what if an outbreak pops up and yeah. we have no vaccine? So they threatened them to you know, just shut down. So Congress said, okay, fine, fine. We'll pass this law to where you can't be sued. Since 1986, autism was one was in one in 15,000. Mm-hmm. After the National Childhood Vaccine Injury Act of 1986, autism went from one in 15,000 to one in 10,000. By the time Obama got into office in 2014, I believe at the end of his second term, it was one in 68. That's be- one in 68 one kids in 68 who are kids vaccinated or have autism. That have uh, one that, in 68. One in 68 have autism. Wow. Now it's even more than that. It's actually, I believe, it's either one in fifty or one in forty-five. And this is on the CDC's website. This, there's a, another website. According to the Health and Human Services section, section of the United States government, is called the Vaccine Adverse Events Reporting System. Uh-huh. That's the website you can go to see everything that has happened negatively as a result of vaccines. It's a part of the U.S. government. Most people don't know about it, but that's where you can find all of that. And they also have something called uh, the Vaccine Court where parents go to to prove that their child was injured by vaccines. And the vaccine court has paid out over $4 billion, mm-hmm. proving that, yes, your vaccine injured my child, caused autism, my child is dead because of it, et cetera. And the government has admitted it, proved it, and paid the, these parents. They paid the parents. Another CDC whistleblower came forward, Dr. William Thompson, the senior scientist at CDC's vaccine division. And Dr. Thompson said that he handed 100,000 pages of incriminating documents over to Congress. And he said on tape and in deposition that he and all of the scientists in CDC vaccine division have been ordered for 10 years to lie to the public about the connection between autism and vaccines and particularly mercury and vaccines. And one of the things he said specifically, he talked about a study that he was one of the authors on in 2004, and there were four authors, including Frank Stefano, the branch chief at CDC. And when they were doing that study, they were looking at the impact of a certain vaccine of the MMR vaccine on children, all kinds of children, including African-American children. And what he found was that the children who were, what the data showed, What the scientists found was that the children who received that vaccine on time, in other words, younger than 36 months, younger than three years, had a 200 greater chance of getting autism than the children who waited a little. Only African-American children were affected. And what they, they got into a room and they saw what this data said. They saw that it said that it proved that these vaccines, these mercury vaccines particularly, were causing autism. And they said, we cannot allow this to get out. So they ordered a trash can into that room and they dumped all of the documents into the trash can about African-American boys. This vaccine gives black boys autism at the rate of 236% more than Caucasian boys. Mm -hmm. Now, this is not something that came from Brother Reason. It's not something that just I made up. This came from this scientist in the CDC who currently still works there. You know, if CDC had come forward at the time when they learned this data was true, they could have saved 100,000 African-American boys from getting autism. 
He also stated that if we would have revealed this information at least 10 years earlier, we could have prevented at least 100,000 black boys from having autism. Bill Thompson looked at African-Americans. He saw that those African-Americans that got the MMR on time were 2.64 times more likely to get an autism diagnosis than those African-Americans that received the MMR after three years of age. What this was suggesting is that among the blacks, the ones that were getting vaccinated earlier were more likely to have autism. At that point, the group of uh, researchers that was working on this particular study, they were having weekly meetings. Colleen Boyle, who was the head of developmental disabilities branch in Marsha Lynn Jurgen Alsop, who was one of Thompson's direct supervisors. Frank DiStefano, who was the head of the organization safety office, and then a, a postdoctoral research associate named Tanya Basin. In that meeting, Thompson brought up the fact that African-Americans were showing a, a highly statistically significant risk of autism if they got the MMR on time. What, what is said in these, in these closed-door meetings? I mean, do, do people say, oh, well, this is unacceptable, or, or is it just, do they always say, oh, this can't be right, or... I'm not going to lie, but I also don't want to say things to you right now that aren't, um, that aren't some written form. Right. The analysis regarding the African-Americans was the eight-on-the-Richter-scale earthquake that just shook through the CDC. When I looked at African-American males only, the relative risk was 3.36. American males only, the relative risk was 3.36. It just blew my mind. And that's when I wanted to call Bill Thompson on the phone and his statement to me was, oh, you found it. It appears in the final publication is that, that race in general is downplayed. Of course it is. CDC's own vaccine schedule, which we are required to adhere to as parents in America, recommends that our children get the MMR between 12 and 18 months. But in this hidden data provided to us by William Thompson, it is clear that for African Americans, this is actually the most dangerous time to deliver the MMR. But a decade ago, Dr. Scott Montgomery and I put forward a hypothesis for MMR vaccine and autism. The age that you receive the vaccine influences the risk. This makes sense. For some infections like measles, the age of infection changes the outcome. We shared this hypothesis with vaccine, hypothesis with vaccine officials, members of the Centers for Disease Control at meetings in Washington, D.C. and Cold Spring Harbor. A group of senior vaccine safety people at the CDC studied it. It panned out. We were right. At least partly. By November the 9th, 2001, nearly 13 years ago, senior CDC scientists knew that younger age of exposure to MMR was associated with an increased risk of autism. In 2004, they published, but they hid the results. It's the lowest point in my career that I went along with that paper. And uh, I went along with this. We didn't report significant findings. MMR was declared safe. The IOM has evaluated this issue um, back in 2004 and again most recently in 2011. 
um, and total body of evidence was suggesting that um, vaccines and their components did not increase the risk for autism. What Dr. Colleen Boyle, a co-author of that blighted paper, did not tell Congress is that she and her colleagues had deliberately concealed the autism vaccine link from the Institute of Medicine and the public. Ironically, they even received an award from the Secretary of Health and Human Services for this work. So troubling was the fraud that one of the CDC researchers broke ranks. Eventually, he made contact with Dr. Brian Hooker, father of a vaccine-injured child with autism and a vaccine safety researcher. Uh, I received a phone call out of the blue. Uh, it had a 404 area code, so I knew it was from the CDC. Lo and behold, it was Bill Thompson. He had much to confess. I'm complacent of what I did. I have great shame now. I was complicit, and uh, I went along with this. Dr. Thompson had appointed me his priest, and when he appointed me his priest, then he started confessing. And we have had many, many phone exchanges. We've exchanged dozens of emails, and he has released quite compelling information regarding fraud and malfeasance in the CDC. We didn't report significant findings. Thompson sent Hooker information that was never intended for public scrutiny. From their own data sheet dated 2001, Dr. Hooker analyzed the CDC's results, and he found the same risk for autism that the CDC scientists had themselves identified. It's all there. It's all there. He confronted Thompson. He has expressed significant remorse for... And, you know, I think that sometimes we, we want to believe that people have our best interests at heart, and then you hear stuff like that, and that that's not the first time, right? Like right. we could talk about Black Wall Street, mm -hmm. right? Like we could talk about the Black Panthers. We could talk about how they infiltrate us and divide us and stuff like that. And right. I just think that this is, you know, a very Hitler, very genocidal way to control something that was never deemed beautiful in America. And I think that 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 is the part that's disheartening, it you know, is. when when you find the facts, when it's not just conjecture, when it's not just opinion, when you actually have whole car hold cold hard facts, and you go to websites that and numbers are, back it up, yeah, numbers back it up, and it's on the government, mm -hmm. on government websites. So I, I don't know, I don't know how you guys feel about that. That's rough, man. That's rough. It is. It is very rough. And I mean, we started talking about this because we were talking about John Singleton and, and men needing to go to the doctors and a lack of trust. And I mean, but what do you do? That's the question. Catch 22. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What do you do? Y'all still need to go I, to the doctor. Yeah. You, you got to go <laughs> to the doctors. You just really have to educate yourself. And I think that's most important in, in passing it along our children. You know, we have great responsibilities as men as a whole and you know, us as black men really have to step up our weight and just make sure we're holding up our end of the bargain. I, I take that very seriously as a father and as a black man, period. You know, not just to my own children, but I, I look at other people's kids that way, too. Like, I have a responsibility. These people are watching me. Mm -hmm. So your dad might not be doing what he's supposed to be doing. So I need to do it so you can see. Because not everybody's father is their role model. It could be the dude down the street. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's my job to kind of be that way so others can see it because people are watching you all the time whether you want be watched or not mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. especially kids. Kids are paying attention and they're, and they're taking notes. And I, I think about that a lot with my son. Like, dang, man, what kind of example am I setting? I have to beat out um, every other influence, you know, Fortnite and, and everything <laughs> else is my competition sometimes. So as a father, and as like I said, once again, even if you're not a father, you are a role model for somebody. So you have to make sure you're just up, upholding your end of the bargain and you're handling yourself the best way and, and fighting hard to make a difference. Yep. That's the only way. Yeah. Career, career, career.